Recording three, two, one. Welcome to So Over Wrestling. We had a pretty interesting week. There were some good matches, some bad matches. WrestleMania is right around the corner, so we're setting up for some pretty exciting events. Some events that I don't really care for. I kind of feel like some of the writing has been lazy lately, but it is what it is going into WrestleMania. But more importantly, today I want to start the show off with NXT. NXT is going to actually have a really amazing TakeOver New York card, so I can't wait to talk about that. So let's kick this intro off, and let's get this show started. So over wrestling. Again, welcome to Soul Over Wrestling. This is Luke Barnes and Tex. How are you doing today, Tex? I'm good. How's it going, Universe? All right. Let's uh, kick this off with uh, NXT UK. Um, NXT UK was rather boring, but there was a good match that they had that I really wanted to hit on. But before I get to that match, and it was the final match, I wanted to ask you, Tex, what do you think about some of these women wrestlers uh, represented in NXT UK because I've been I, I can see there's some good talent that I would like to see jump over to NXT or possibly get pulled up to the main roster but a lot of them seem very dry but it's not just the women though a lot of the men are as well but I've not seen a women's match in the past few weeks that's even sparked my interest any at all whatsoever is there anybody in NXT UK right now that's standing out for you? Well, I think Zaya Brookside, she has a good future ahead of her, and she's still just like 21 or 22, I think. She's pretty young. They just had Kaylee Ray debut this week. Um, I've not seen many of her matches that I can remember, but she's apparently a pretty big deal in European wrestling. And I think she's done some matches in the United States and Japan as well. Um, they're just using workers like uh, Candy Floss, who jobbed uh, Kaylee Ray this past week. She's that, pretty young as well, I think, that, but they're that, using her as like enhancement talent right now. That that whole match was just meh. It, it they, they didn't have much chemistry together. Not really, uh, and and the holds the it's just been very boring. I mean, I would almost fall asleep watching the whole show, but I'm trying to really focus on watching everything and and really absorbing it and hopefully giving some of these wrestlers a chance because I know they have some great talent over there, but the matches are so slow. Their women are also younger. too. Well, even Tony Storm, she's only 23. So um, a lot of the the big-name, like, independent women wrestlers they sign, they're going right to NXT, you know, or the the women from Japan, like – uh, Kyrie Sane and uh, right. Io Shirai, they're they're going straight to NXT, and they, sometimes they don't spend a lot of time there either. Well, so far uh, the only one that's really stood out to me at all is that Rhea Ripley. I, and she's I, a monster. 
she she is a monster, but then they're trying to really put over right now Nina Samuels, and I don't get it at all. Like, legit at all. I don't get anything about her. So, of course, in typical WWE fashion, that means she's probably got the brightest future amongst them all, and we will see more and more and more of her. Well, they're supposed to be setting up a rumor to be setting up an NXT Japan as well. So, uh, that could be interesting if they do it right. Cause there's going to be a lot of people that we don't know who they are, unless you're familiar with new Japan pro wrestling or some other organizations, but it could be a great show. They treat wrestling quite differently than we do here. So I'd really like to see the cultural difference. Um, but who knows? I, I if it's anything I, like NXT UK, I really have no interest. I might be wrong, but I think Japanese wrestling, their promotions tend to talent share a lot. I believe. I mean, one that's big in like New Japan might not get a big push in Dragon Gate or whatever. But I still think like you'll have an All Japan wrestler might wrestle in the it's a big tournament, the G1 Climax. Right. I think it might have a different name now, but uh, and I could be wrong about that, but it's a lot different because you would have never seen like someone from the NWO show up on Raw, right? You know, for right. the King of the Ring tournament or anything. Like that. So, well, and that's something I, I don't know why they don't partner with just partner with a J- already existing Japanese promotion. Um. Because that's kind of what they're doing in the UK as well. They're teamed up with, um, I believe it's Progress. Well, they're going to have to start partnering with someone because with AEW pulling some of the stunts they are with the talent they're grabbing, I know right now WWE is sitting back just saying we're too big of a monster for them to affect us, but did you see where Jim Ross just signed a three-year contract through them? Yeah, I had, and I'm happy for him. I, (laughs) I kind of expected... To be honest, I didn't even know he was still with WWE in any capacity. I honestly didn't. Um, I'm just saying AEW is not playing around. And, yeah, they're kind of a a lot of WWE fans and and a lot of the WWE uh, officials are kind of laughing right now, being like, oh, wow, they're playing these small gymnasiums. They're reaching fans more intimately than the WWE is right now, and they're grabbing – all these indie people, they're grabbing household names. They're getting, I mean, come on, Jim Ross. Holy crap, Jim Ross. And then if Arn Anderson goes over there and starts doing their talent and whatnot, they're they're going to be like a a, a a dark horse that comes out of nowhere, and they're going to start dominating some ratings if they don't watch what they're doing. So, anyways. What um, you heard? Oh, go ahead. Had you heard why Arn Anderson got released from WWE? No, I did not. Um, was it something with it's, him and over Sasha? No, not Sasha. Alicia Fox. Apparently, he let her work a match drunk, like she was drunk. I, I don't know if it was alcohol or what, but she was under impaired, and he apparently still let her go out there and perform. So well, Alicia Fox performs like she's impaired, regardless of if she's impaired or not. So I don't really. That's probably what he was thinking too. Like, who cares? She, no one will be able to tell the difference. Well, apparently, she actually does have a legit problem, and let's just say we hope she gets it all together and can beat that. Oh, absolutely, if she does. absolutely. Because I think, uh, though I'm not the biggest Alicia Fox fan, 
I still think uh, they could use her, and I'm not saying just as a jobber, but I think she's uh, an important person to have around as far as uh, that can help develop talent and help get them over. So, yeah, I do wish her the best. And you said AEW is running gyms. Have they, have they actually ran a show yet? I think they've had a couple shows, but I think they're doing like, I've seen some, but I know also there's a lot of trolling going on right now on the internet showing like gymnasiums or, or, uh, small stadiums or, you know, there's a lot of trolling going on. So it's kind of hard to differentiate what's actually really happening versus what's not happening right now. I think that's their way of trying to play like AEW is not a threat. I mean, if we're going to be completely honest, WWE still runs like 2000 seat arena house shows. So, I mean, most high school gyms are going to fit about 1500, 2000. It'll just be bleachers instead of seats. Did you see that picture of Braun Strowman's uh, tag team partner, that little kid wearing an AEW shirt? Uh, -uh. I saw that and I was like, Ooh, low blow. Well, that kid's dad actually works for WWE, I think. Yeah, His dad's no. like... Uh, <laughs> not, not anymore. <laughs> <clears throat> well, also, let's let's go ahead and, and start with going to the beginning of NXT UK. I'm just going to run through these matches real quick because they really weren't that impressive. Flash Morgan fought Wolfgang. Wolfgang won. Clean pin. Really nothing jumped out at me. Amir Jordan and... Kenny Williams was fighting Tyson T-Bone and Saxon Huxley. Jordan and Kenny Williams won that match. That was a decent little tag team match. It was. Um, I just wrote my notes were just, it was a clean pin. It wasn't anything amazing. Uh, Both that match and the match before, it really wasn't a bad match. It it had a clean pin. It was just basic. So... And then the next I'll match say, was the Kylie Ray match, and I just did not care for that match at all. About that tag match, both teams seemed to work as faces, too. Yes. It didn't seem like they were the real team. That is correct. And so, I, I think, going back to in NXT UK real quick, they're uh-huh. just kind of... Um, they're doing a slow, uh, a slow build from the bottom type thing, I think. Um, they're fleshing everything out. They're still just getting people's names out there. Right. Um, and just as if, if there's an NXT UK that or uh, um, Japan that kicks off, we're going to have to start over with that as well and try to learn who everybody is and what's going on. So I get that. So I'm not trying to really smack talk NXT UK right now. I'm just saying what I have been watching myself, I just feel very bored at the moment. But... Let's, let's be honest. I'm catching it as my last show at the end of the week after I've caught Raw, SmackDown, 205, NXT. Then I'm watching NXT UK. So by then, I'm kind of wrestled out sometimes. I don't know how else to say it because unless they're doing some really amazing matches, they really don't register on my meter here. But what I will say what registered on my meter, but I wanted to run this by you, was the final match. With Walter and Pete Dunn tag teaming against the Coffee Brothers. I really enjoyed that match, but I know they're building up Walter versus Pete Dunn. And I know Walter's your boy, but I felt that, man, he was really just all over the place on that match. Like, there were so many, I don't want to say botches, 
but uncoordinated attacks that Walter was doing through that match. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the spot where they tried to throw him over the top rope by holding the rope down, that was pretty bad. Um, it could have just been um, Walter doesn't work tag matches very often. Well, he went and did like a clothesline at one point too, and he literally does this little hop, and he almost catches the guy dead on, and it was just an awkward like, oh crap, what do we do now? And it was a bit sloppy, but then again, we don't know um, when this was taped. Maybe he'd just been off from travel. Um, I don't know. But it was pretty sl- – it was a good match still with the sloppiness. Now, I don't now, mind. Now, now, I'm not, let's sit here and tell you, though, that, that I'm counting the dude out. The dude's a savage, and I love the whole, like, when they chop him in the chest, how he just comes at him like the Terminator. That's that's pretty cool. You can hear those uh, chops from here. Oh, yes. His <laughs> chops, I, I would not want to be hit by that guy's chops at all. But I'll say this uh, – uh, I don't mind a little sloppiness sometimes. I think it adds to the the realism Correct. somewhat. Feels less choreographed. But I will say but I will watch Pete Dunne still- all day long. I love his submissions where he's just bending fingers. That is just so like elementary school style, and it just makes me laugh every time. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Pete Dunne myself. And I think the Coffee Brothers, you know, they could be a good tag team down the road. Oh, I, would, well. I would like to see the Coffee Brothers come come over to uh, even the main roster. I mean, come on now. Um, we need some good, solid groups that make sense on the main roster. And the Coffee Brothers, they're – I would like to see them come over. And honestly, I'm not wanting to promote them too much, but – the Forgotten Sons, I think that that trio, I think they would be good on the main roster. They could be. Um, I don't. I don't know much about the uh, Forgotten Sons, to be honest. Um, I was surprised they put them over Mustache Mountain. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that later. Well, well, might might as well get into that right now because uh, moving over to NXT, that was the very first match. Uh, for the Dusty Rogues Tag Team Tournament, Mustache Mountain versus the Forgotten Sons. And I really thought that was a good match. Let's see what note. I put a note on here. Um, okay. couple things that really stood out to me. Number one, you know I don't like moves to where, like, Cesaro's spin, where they're barely moving. And I think doing airplane spins are really stupid if you're not spinning them 100 miles an hour. But, dude, he pulled off a double airplane. He had two guys on his back. Yeah, they were barely moving, but holy crap, the the feat of strength that was, I'm impressed. Tyler Bate, he, uh, because he's still young as well. He's 21, I think. Uh Uh-huh. That kid kid is amazing for as young as he is. Uh, What they call him? Mad, mad pops for the dragon corkscrew that he does. <laughs> what they call him in the broadcast textbook, they call him. Mm-hmm. I think that's a word for him. Yeah. I, and I, this, I just like and him, that right now where they're trying to do so much with high flying and a lot of moves. It's it's you're either seeing Hurricanrana or inverted Hurricanrana 
or you know a lot of the same same moves or swanton or or you know to pull out the dragon corkscrew i'm like nice that i don't think anybody is really doing that right now any of anybody and him and trent seven they just have so much natural uh charisma oh absolutely um did you get that picture posted up on uh um or or uh facebook group yeah Good, because that 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 picture had me cracking up. It's it's almost like you're looking at two people that aren't even wrestling right now. So that was it looked picture. like an insurance agent and his son. <laughs> oh, uh, what? Well, let's see. Also wrote the fake chop DDT he did. Um, who was that? Um, that was one of the forgotten sons, I think. Was it the Forgotten Son that did that, or was it Trent Seven? Maybe it was it was Trent Seven, where he he went to hit, and I think it was Blake. I could be wrong. I, it's been a while since I watched it. I didn't write the exact details, but he they were chopping each other, and he went to do a chop, and he faked the guy out, and he bent down, and he just did like a DDT, and I'm like, nice, very nice. I I don't remember off the top of my head, but uh, it does sound pretty nifty. Now. After that match, it moved into a female uh, Shirai versus Belair disqualification because Baszler comes out, basically chokes everybody out, and then uh, who is that? Kyrie Sane comes out, and then she ends up choking her out. And all right, I guess whatever. She's the baddest woman on the planet now. I, you know, I'm not a Baszler fan, and I just. Um, well, I, I hope she drops the the women's belt and just moves up to the main roster because they could use her on the main roster. Because with uh, the Iconics now working more as a tag team, right? I, I don't know what they're going to do with Mandy and a uh, um, Deville. Deville, yeah. Thank you. Can't believe I forgot that. And uh, Sasha and Bailey working as a tag team for the time being. They, they could use a few more. Singles talents, especially if they're not going to use like Ruby Riot as a serious women's right. wrestler, um, which I don't know why they. I'm going to complain about this every week till they change it. Yeah. Use Ruby, please. Good luck with that. Take old Toad. Well, I'll, I'll use my actual nickname. Take old Toad's advice. <laughs> use Ruby. Yeah, they should use her. Now, Baszler should join with Samoa Joe and they should do a uh, Samoan uh, match where they just run in and uh, act like a bunch of sumos or I don't know. I, I just, I could, she without, I could do without her. I don't know, but she's, she's something. Actually, she looks more uh, native American. I think I, I don't, I need to look more into her background though. I bet she's Martin, you know, here I'm talking on the smack about Baszler. I bet you she's a real life badass, and I just don't know it. Well, she actually was an MMA fighter. Oh, was she? Yeah. Well, she was never in UFC, I don't think. But, yeah, she she was a pretty extensive. She's 38, too. 38 or 39. Well, so you, she's also, been you also need a, a, a really, right now, you need the women to have a heel holding the belt, and she's doing a good job with that because when you put a face, they only last so long. And after having like the pinnacle of what is babyface of Bailey being at NXT 
they don't want another Bailey right now having that belt. So for now, Baszler can hold that belt fine. I would have her drop the belt at take over New York and then show up the next have uh, Oscar do an open challenge and she shows up to WrestleMania there. They're going to be in town anyway, you know. Even if she doesn't, that, that's an interesting thought. She could sur- anybody can survive a loss to Oscar because Oscar, right? You know? Well, I do like the fact that though she's lost a couple matches, she's also come back and like beat some ass over it. So, in the end, I think uh, I'm not I'm not giving up on Oscar yet, but I'm just I don't want them to act like she don't exist. Well, after that match, still- um, the fi- the final match of that round was, uh, or of the night was, Alistair Black and Ricochet versus DIY, and obviously, that was a good match. Without, you know, goes without saying there. What surprised me though was I was surprised that Ricochet and Alistair Black pulled off the win. And the more I watch those two together, I'm really loving their chemistry because you would think they don't belong together, but then again. Mick Foley and The Rock, everyone was like, really? <laughs> so, yeah. and, and it's not Stone quite Cold that insane vibe. Up. Stone Cold and who? <clears throat> Stone Cold teamed up with Do Love before that, so Mick Foley was just kind of the king of the random tag partners. Right. So I, I, get, I get what they're doing, but they do have good chemistry at least. And the whole purpose of that was DIY. They, they, they lost, and Johnny Gargano actually faked a knee injury to which he ended up beating up Chiampa on the ramp and that's yep. their way of riding him out for a while while he goes and has surgery well that it was actually just to set up the a match between Chiampa and Gargano it completed Gargano's face turn which right. <laughs> random heels aside Gargano is just like the ultimate baby face to begin with true um yeah his injury didn't happen until after that so the match was a setup for that I, it was probably going to be Gargano versus Ciampa to take over New York, I'd say. Well, before I move um, on to Raw, um, that's one of the first things that we were actually uh, we discussed at the beginning of the show. I wanted you to um, – who's on the card for take over New York? Because this is actually one of the better cards I have seen in a long time. So, first and foremost, we have the two out of three falls match between that fat-ass Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship that is now vacant because of Chompa's injury. Right. Then we have the Velveteen Dream taking on bro Matt Riddle for the Uh, North American team. Let me me tell you a little little side side story that has nothing to do with wrestling. (laughs) This is why I like Matt Riddle so much. Fresh out of boot camp um, in the Navy, I went to an A school, and during my A school time, I was really, like, gun-shy. I'd be around officers, and, you know, here you just fresh out of boot camp, and you're top to pop two, a pop two and a dress and whatnot, but indoors, obviously, I'm not going to salute an officer, but you're still going to greet them. Well, my first morning at A school, I was getting breakfast, and as I was getting, I think, coffee and, like, an apple or something... I turned and there was a captain who was standing right next to me and I looked at him and I'm like, uh, uh, good morning, sir. And he looked at me and went morning, brah. 
<laughs> so I was like, okay, everything's going to be all right. So every time I hear Matt Riddle being like, bro, it just reminds me of that moment. So naturally, well, also he's an amazing wrestler. So, I mean, that, he's got that going for him. But I like the whole California kind of, you know, bro thing going. It's very entertaining. I agree. Um, I'd like to see I wonder the if they'll make a title on him too, though. I read that it has, and I haven't double checked this myself, but it sounds probable that that title has never been successfully defended on a pay-per-view event. Huh. So, well, it's so new. Uh, probably hasn't had a chance yet. I mean, well, no, they would have had a couple opportunities. They just haven't done it yet. So, so we got, we got Velveteen Dream versus Matt Riddle. What else we got? For the NXT Tag Team title, we have uh, Ricochet and Aleister Black versus the War Raiders, which should be a very good move, uh, match as well. I, I don't know what they're going to do with that because they've been pushing them so hard on the main roster, and to give them the tag team titles for NXT would kind of hold them back, but then that still might be a good thing because... I don't want to see them go to the main roster and be all stagnant. So I don't know. Well, I don't think they will team together indefinitely on the main roster. Um, and it would give the War Raiders some cred to beat them, which, you know, wouldn't be a bad thing. Well, I will say this, and, and I haven't watched it. I mean, I've been watching it this past month and a little before, but I haven't really seen anything with the war raiders much like they don't really show them they don't do any promos they don't really so i don't know I, are, are the war raiders even that badass well they're big mm-hmm. <laughs> i know big doesn't equal right. good but uh what we have seen they've been very talented you know okay well i'm sure that'll be a really good match i'm sure oh i agree so, other than the tag team titles, uh, what we got? Two more matches? Yes, we had the NXT women's title, which would be Shayna Baszler versus Io Sheree versus Kyrie Sane versus Bianca Belair. little fatal four-way action going on. Uh, I don't even know who I want to see get that belt right now. I mean... I think it'll be Io Sheree. Think it'll be Sheree? Uh, I, I do. I, I think they've been building her. And uh, the commentary did a good job building her this past week. Uh, they were basically – Shayna Baszler was saying she's some nobody from Japan, and the entire announce team was like, no, she's like one of the most successful Japanese women of all time, you know? <laughs> right. Well, I could see them either A, uh, Io Shiri picking up the belt, and shortly after, Belair takes it from her. Or I, I could see, see that. them doing Belair gets the belt and then Cherie gets it from Belair. I could see that as well. I, I, think, I, I think they're going to try to push Belair. I really do. I still just want to see a Sky Pirates feud with Sasha and Bailey because I think the match would be amazing. Oh, uh, hands down, that would be um, an amazing match because you know they're going to drop that belt soon. You know, um, I, I don't know that it will be soon because – what tag teams for women are established besides Sasha and Bailey, uh, the Riot Squad, and the Iconics? 
Well, here's especially the thing, here. Here's the thing, though. What what has always got fans really up in an uproar is you got to create that drama, and what better drama to do than to give people the belt that have no business having the belt, and then have them cheat their butts off keeping the belt, kind of like Alexa Bliss. But see, they didn't book Alexa Bliss like that, though. They booked her as dominant. Yeah, but you Very. watch you watch her matches. Yeah, she is booked as dominant. But she would come out and basically run and hide until somebody else got the upper hand on their people. Then she'd run in and do her thing and then be like, I'm the baddest of them all. It's like, yeah, well, you're kind of two foot nothing. Um, I'm having a hard time believing this. So so I could see the belts actually going to the Iconics. They've been kind of showing them off more lately, too. So They're basically the mean girls personified in wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> so I I have no idea what they're going to do with them yet. So uh, okay, so there's the the women's championship and then of course the what what do we have left. What we have left is the NXT. Well, it's not the NXT. I think it's just the WWE UK title Walter versus Pete Dunne. Ah, uh, yes, that's true. That's it's the NXT uh NXT UK title match and Man, I'll tell you what, I'd like to see Walter get that belt and then move Pete Dunne to the main roster because I think Pete Dunne is going to be a a bit of a dark horse. I I think uh, he could be a a force to be reckoned with. He kind of reminds me of a, um, in a way, uh, hear me out here, Chris Benoit. As far as the dude is a savage, He's a great ring worker, doesn't talk. He really doesn't do promos. He really doesn't talk much. Doesn't. He's a man of action and little words. Well, I think we should try to stay away from any Chris Benoit comparisons as much as possible. I know there's some... Well, look, that's why look here. The whole situation was was a shit show, and I'll and I'll agree with that. But I get I'm your taking, I'm taking out his wrestling career. Yeah, I understand you're comparing characters, but yeah, I I don't want to give that piece of human garbage. And no offense, I don't want to give that piece of human garbage any dap whatsoever. I, I would be perfectly happy if he was never mentioned again in any context. <laughs> Aside from uh, cautionary tales, well, it, you you down the road, I promise you, they're going to once they hit that documentary out, you're going to see a lot more about him down the road. And in that context, it's it's fine. Um, there probably does need to be a documentary about him, and and in general, all the bad things that have happened in wrestling over the years, because it's it's not just him. He's just the most disgusting example of what has happened. Right. No, I, I, I agree to that hands down. Hands down. It's it's a conversation that needs to happen. And I'm, I'm sorry to come off so... I don't know. Hey, man, that's what... Hey, it's your opinion, man. That's all good. I mean, I, it's it's not I, good, but you know what I mean. I, I, uh, I think there are other people that he could be compared to that wouldn't bring about such... Uh, I, I didn't even like saying his name right there. Mm-hmm. Let me just—I well, think that's the first. Go ahead and throw out your comparison. 
I, I don't know who I would compare him to, um, mm-hmm. to be honest. He's got the natural swagger, the the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The the silence swagger, the body movement right. swagger of a Chris Jericho. Because Chris Jericho can say a lot without saying a word, you know. Um, yeah, I can I can see that I can see some of that. I'm not going to disagree with that statement. Um, move wise, he's a very old school type. Uh, he still does a lot of the the high flying stuff, but he's more of a map based and a punishment based yes. <laughs> wrestler. Uh, it, it's he really focuses on like. It's the the actual moves in general that he does, the wrist locks and the just anything that he does. Like I said, it's that little flare that he throws on there. He may got your wrist turned behind your back, but then he's gonna go turn and bend your finger backwards. Like, like man, dude, he's already hurting. So I'd say the best way to say it would be instead of saying Pete Dunn is the next, why can't he just be the first Pete Dunn? You know. Maybe he doesn't need a comparison. Yeah, that's true. But that's kind of that's really hard because you'd have to be something really unique and different. Which he is unique, but not different in my eyes. But that is one, what, that is one man's opinion because others will disagree with me. Reminds me of a young Rhino. Okay. More more technically sound, but no, no, no. Um, that's actually a kind of. Oh yeah, that's actually a really good one. Less uh, less vocal because Rhino wasn't that vocal, but he was more than Pete Dunn was. But no, that's actually good. Is he still? Uh, I haven't seen anything from him lately. He's is he just coaching or have you heard anything from him lately? I think he still pals around with like uh, Heath Slater on house shows and stuff, making sure uh, Heath Slater gets that paycheck for his kids. Oh man. I want to see more of Heath Slater, too. He's just a funny character to have around. You know, he's one of his main draws is he's a very safe worker. So, you know, um, whenever a legend comes back that really can't bump anymore, Mm -hmm. um, that's why Heath Slater is always willing to take the punishment because he's that safe a worker. Well, that's cool. Um, Yeah. Well, I just like I like a a good character. That's very important to me is having a good character. And he's got a funny character that I enjoy. Well, that right there is the NXT card for TakeOver New York. And I'll be honest with you. I, at this point, am more excited to see these matches at NXT TakeOver, really, than I am WrestleMania. Because WrestleMania's got some good matches, but there's also a lot of matches at WrestleMania that I'm like, eh. But TakeOver, every match you described, I can't wait to see who wins. Well, there's been good build for every match at TakeOver as well. I mean, besides Adam Cole and Gargano, but even that has its own ancillary build with uh, the antics of the Undisputed Era that didn't really have anything to do with Ciampa and Gargano. And then Gargano's entire storyline in NXT so far. You know? But here's my... Here's my uh, um, problem with that. Give me a sec. Uh-huh, no problem. No problem at all. <laughs> God damn. Ah. 
I was putting something in the freezer. Yeah, no problem. My thoughts on that are um, they've kind of been treading water with the Undisputed Era for a while. So mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking, you know, they might move up after WrestleMania. I think we discussed that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. They but need, then again, they, the same they, time. They need to have a good stable on on the main roster. And I think they've actually, uh, they have a legit crew. Oh, I agree. Well, at the same time, Gargano's move up to the main roster as well. Right. I think they might, and Ciampa's apparently going to be out of action for over a year, maybe. Maybe close to two. Um, I'd like to see him come back at the next WrestleMania. (laughs) It might be after that. His neck injury was apparently pretty bad. Um, but you can't leave Gargano down there for two years. Oh, no, no, no. But I want to see Gargano I, up now. Oh, I do as well. I want to see Adam Cole and Undisputed Era and Gargano up now. Yep. That's why I my feelings on that match, I, I think it'll be an amazing match. But I'm, my mixed feelings are because I don't want either of them to win and stay in NXT. <laughs> so it's kind of a weird situation to be in. Well, speaking of the main roster, let's go ahead and just move right on into Raw. Uh, it, the show opened up where the Shield comes out and Roman's blah, 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 talking, I want a singles match. Then he leaves and, and Rollins goes to talk and Paul Heyman comes out and then they do a little bantering promo. And, and I'm going to be honest with you at this point, I am so over Brock Lesnar that even every time I see Paul Heyman, it's just like, man, just go the hell away. I don't even care. I don't need somebody to represent someone who's never there. That's just bothers me. Well, while they are talking, this one kind of caught me off guard. Shelton Benjamin comes out of nowhere and attacks Rollins and ended up having a match. That was kind of random. That was like... Paul Heyman was backstage and says, we need to have somebody attack Rollins. Who's it going to be? Ah, let's just pick a name out of a hat. Oh, Shelton Benjamin. Sure. Why not? Who's a SmackDown wrestler, actually, which Um, wasn't a bad match because Shelton Benjamin is actually a good wrestler. Oh, very. And that was a good match, but it wasn't anything that amazing. And Rollins ends up winning that match, but it really wasn't that amazing to me. It was just very random because, for one, again, Shelton Benjamin is a SmackDown guy. Right. And he really hasn't done much on SmackDown since he's been back in WWE. Well, here's what what worries me about going into WrestleMania. I feel like a lot of things that are happening are completely being, like, lazy writing. Like, crap, what are we going to do, guys? Well, we haven't built anybody up. Uh, I don't know. Let's just have... My, you know what? Let's just have Balor lose the IC title tonight to Lashley. Yeah, uh, I didn't really why understand. Not? So that the problem with and, it is... Oh, go ahead. Well, the problem is Brock Lesnar has to be feuded with by proxy. I mean... Yeah. He shows up like once every two or three weeks, and that's being generous. Um... Well, I think What's the Seth biggest Ro- problem Seth with him Rollins- is they built him into yeah. an undefeatable monster, and and it's not even a David and Goliath story at this point. It's it's just you got someone that's completely 
completely undefeatable. And the only way you're going to defeat somebody like that is to bring in somebody like when they did Bill Goldberg, who just rolled out, steamrolled his ass. I did like how uh, Rollins brought up in their promo that Lesnar tends to struggle with guys his size. So, mm-hmm. but that's, it's just Rollins is having to do most of the build all by himself, you know? I, the random verbal sparring with um, Paul Heyman, notwithstanding, I don't know. That's why you shouldn't put the main title of a brand on a guy that shows up once every couple months. Exactly. You know? He can be a novelty all you want. That's fine. Have Make a special championship called the, the, the four-time championship that gets defended four times a year. Cool. I'm down with and that, Brock. It's yours. And never wrestles on the main show. Right. Cool. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But don't don't take. See, what really sucks about this is they were trying to show the universe. The WWE universe. We have a belt that is yours. This belt is for the fans. This is our Raw Championship belt. Here it is. It looks amazing. It's red, guys. That's the color of Raw. Yeah. Oh, Brock has it. Goodbye. Gone. Okay. So you're going to thank the fans by giving them a belt they will never see? That belt is worthless as far as I'm concerned. It also has the weirdest lineage of any major belt I've ever seen. Right. Goes to Finn Balor for one day. He has to vacate. Then Kevin Owens, then Goldberg, then Lesnar, then Reigns, then Goldberg. Mm-hmm. I, and that's off the top of my head. I don't think I'm missing anybody. No. Just, now, yeah. now, after the Raw I mean, match, uh, Balor and Lashley have a, as I mentioned, the IC title match where Lashley actually wins it. Um, that wasn't a bad match, but it kind of caught me off guard because I'm like, oh, so what are they going to do? Change hands again next week? Or are they going to have a WrestleMania IC match. Uh, whatever, I guess. You um, know what I'm going to happen? They're going to try to build it like uh, Balor can't beat uh, Lashley without bringing the demon out. And I hope they don't go that route. I mean, if you're going to use the demon, it should be for Lesnar, you know, or uh, – um, someone of that stature. Right. So I, what I hope they do, if they try to go that route, it'll just be, well, no, it's just good old Finn Balor can beat Lashley by himself. Cause that's kind of the way they've been building it anyhow. Right. He never pinned Lashley to begin with. He pinned, um, um, the hype guy. Well, I they'll, can't probably, believe- they'll probably put Leo rush in a shark cage and dangle him above it or something stupid <laughs> like that. Thank you for. I can't believe I had a brain fart on Leo Rush. I'm just having parts all over the place tonight. <clears throat> well, after that match, uh, there was a promo by Ronda Rousey. She come out, comes out, basically trashes everyone, and then Dana Brooke comes out of nowhere, and she basically challenges Ronda, and totally gets beat down to a pulp. Um, the only thing I'm really going to touch on as far as that goes is how 
impressed, unimpressed are you with them trying to sell Rousey right now as this just anti-fan, just the ultimate heel? Is it, to me, it's almost like ridiculously forced. Uh, What are your thoughts on that right now? Well, I'll lead off by saying apparently Dana Brooke has a Raw women's title match on Raw this week. Um, randomly. Uh, okay, so so basically she's going to come in and try to get her shot at the belt because she never got her shot the other day, and Rousey's going to mop the floor with her. Most likely. I That promo wasn't good Monday. Um, it, it seemed very... Like she had it memorized, and she was trying to read it, say it so fast before she forgot anything. That's what the promo felt like to me. I'd never heard a promo delivered that quickly. Um, or someone talk so fast for no particular reason. Um, and maybe they told her to deliver it like that. I don't know. Well, I know that little video she shot that kind of went viral on uh, her just talking smack. In her oh, the, I'm going to... I'm going to... Uh, Oh, go ahead. Throw the the script away, that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I. She kind of had to be the heel here, I guess. Although I I don't really know why the she was gonna have to be the heel anyway with Becky if it was just one on one. Right. Uh, the whole storyline it just makes no sense to me. I don't really don't see why they can't. Why can't there be two faces? It, it happens. The best in the world can fight each other. That's the whole point. They don't. There doesn't always have to be a good guy and a bad guy. But with WWE, if they don't have a clear good guy and a clear bad guy, they don't know what the hell to do. Or just let either Ronda or Charlotte be the chaotic neutral, you know? Um, just there to mess shit up. Right. For no particular reason. I mean... Actually, I think Charlotte could play chaotic neutral really well, because um, she she's kind of a rockish type personality. Yes. Not with that swagger, but um, I, I get I, I the whole "I'm the best in the world, I'm the greatest, I'm supreme genetics." Yeah, I'll, I'll totally give you that one. And she's actually good at that part. So. I can but see again, her being a chaotic back, neutral person. It just goes back to she didn't need to be in the storyline to begin with. Exactly. So this was probably going to be the natural progression, even if it was just Becky and Charlotte. Or, I mean, just Becky and Rhonda. So, who knows? I know it would be a lot different if I was the one booking it. No. Call me, WWE. Well, completely off topic, just real quick. I've noticed a little story on my phone that just makes me kind of giggle a little bit. Uh, according to, and I didn't even read the article, so because that's how I roll. I'm 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 a too long didn't read type guy. So uh, you just go right, by right. <laughs> so so the title says, according to the ringside uh, the ringside roster dot com, Renee Young told to talk less on commentary. <laughs> that makes me laugh. <laughs> she has been That's like a... messing up moves, saying other stuff. I mean, like 
you can tell like the announcers are like, just shut up, Renee. Just shut up. Just. She... Well, they should have let her. Be. They should have let her be an announcer in NXT before just throwing her into the spot on the main show. You know. And it's I not think... always everyone's fault, but not everybody's made to do a commentary position. Well, I think she could do it. I think she has the talent to do it. I just. <laughs> she's For more one... of an interviewing type person, though. She's she's good with uh, talk and personality, but when you're talking about actual ringside commentary, she struggles because she's got to be able to, on her feet, be able to call these moves. And then, meanwhile, you got she's got you know someone in her ear telling her, "Hey, say something about this backdrop. Say something about this clothesline. Say something about that." And when she says it, it she doesn't deliver it as if she just seen an amazing move. She says it like she's being told to say it. Well, that's what Michael Cole's commentary sounds like too. I I never thought I would say this. I miss coal mine, Michael Cole, hmm. back when he was heel, and he got on my nerves back then too. Well, but, I will say this: with all due respect to Renee Young and that staff, is at least they don't have the two hundred five live commentary right now that 205 live commentary feels like I'm watching a Netflix special on Bob Ross painting trees and then we have a wrestler who does this move and then he does that move and now he does a clothesline crap I forgot to eat lunch do you want to get something maybe we should it's (laughs) that's literally the commentary it is so soft they all have the same. How can you <laughs> say what? How can you mention Bob Ross and not say one of the wrestlers was painting happy little trees? <laughs> <laughs> that backdrop was no mistake. It was a happy little mistake. Yeah, it. it I. I just. I was struggling through two hundred five the other day, but. Ugh, I just hate their announcing team, and and to have, Aiden English, I don't mind him in his commentary, but the other two guys are just so soft-spoken and they're very slow on their delivery and a clothesline oh he went down hard on that one what do you think's going to happen next it's you need oh what i always butcher his name but oh boy from nxt uh mark uh ranolo maro yeah or Mar- mario Mar- maro ranolo or whatever i love listening to him because he makes everything sound like like, I mean, a total just, you know, and he went to the refrigerator and he got a drink and he is so happy. And now he drank the drink. Oh my gosh. He spilled some on the floor. It's just, I love his energy. It's just, everything is just so exciting when he says it. None like two. Do you remember the, do you remember the, the ladder match between Undertaker and Jeff Hardy from like 2004? Yeah, I, I would. I'd like to say I do, but I, I've slept since then. <laughs> well, that that's actually one of the best pieces of commentary from Jim Ross. I mean, Jim Ross is just great, you know. But that was great, even for him. Well, and the match okay, is great. You got, too. you got that 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 Southern Texas draw coming from Jim Ross. That that sound, and then you had like King. Who is was a pervert? Horny fourteen year old. So they worked really well together. I've always enjoyed their commentary. 
Well, anyway, anyways, moving back forward on getting back on Raw here. Um, Rousey, after she did her little thing and beats beats everybody up, uh, Dana Brooke comes out, she beats her up. She did say one thing that kind of made me laugh. At one point, she's holding uh, Dana Brooke's arm and she looks at the crowd and she says, 60 bucks and I'll show you what an arm bar looks like. <laughs> that was kind of funny. I'm not going to lie. So after that, the match was. Rude it was just so Gable. random. Like, oh, say what? A wild Dana Brooke appears. Like, oh, where'd yeah. she even come from? Well, I think that no. came. Her name came from the same hat Shelton Benjamin did, I'm pretty sure. They, had, they, they had a women's hat and they had a men's hat and they were digging through it and they're like, oh crap, she still works for us. I forgot. <laughs> well, after that, Matt, or after that little segment, uh, Rude and Gable uh, took on Black and Ricochet. Overall, good match. A little short for my liking for his, the stature of Bobby Rude. Man, I tell you what. Bobby Roode is a work of art, and the, every time they don't use him, it. I just hate them making him a jobber. That dude should be running that show, man. I'm telling you, he should be. But well, it, they need to break him up, him and Chad Gable up. And I know that sounds weird coming from the guy that wants more tag teams, but um, I'm an enigma. What can I say? Well, Gable, I want, I want to say this about Gable. Real life, dude's a wrestler. I mean, the dude has skills. I give this man all kinds of props, and I don't think he's bad on the mic. I don't think he, he in a technical aspect, he's, a, he's great. There's really nothing wrong with Gable, in my opinion but I don't want to see him. I just don't know what it is. If it's the fact that he's one of those that has to be in a tag team, I I just, they would almost have to completely repackage him as like, I mean, buzz his hair down. Uh, maybe he grow either a huge beard or they'd almost have to repackage him as something else for, to me, for them to, to, to take Gable seriously as a singles. A great big bushy beard. <laughs> movie references. My so, favorite movie, one of them, actually. Well, after that match, Black and Ricochet, they won that one. Um, Alexa Bliss comes out and announces that she's going to be the host of WrestleMania. And I know last year it was uh, New Day, correct? Uh, New Day was a couple years ago, I think. I don't know who the host was last year. I, I don't even know if we had a host last year. I don't know if that even matters. Um, I, but I thought the two guys from Saturday Night Live were the hosts. They're, they are um, They are doing a special, like some special correspondence. I think they're going to be some like interviewing type positions or something. Oh. Because it's uh, something. Uh, Colin and uh, Michael Che, I think. I really like Colin and Michael. They're hilarious on Weekend Update. But so, so what's the I, difference between a special correspondent and a host? I I really don't know. I think they're trying. I think this is the only way they could put Alexa Bliss on the WrestleMania poster to where it makes sense. Like obviously she's not wrestling right now, so she has actually put asses in seats. I mean, she is actually a an attraction that people want to see. So, 
how else are they going to get her in there right now if she's injured? Oh, well, let's just have her be the host. So, I guess congratulations to Alexa Bliss, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, speaking of Colin and Michael, there was a little segment that Braun Strowman apparently hates Mike or Colin, okay, because of a little se- a little skit they ran last week. So, and by the way, was he choking him like that entire commercial break last week? I don't because that I kind of thought the same thing. <laughs> like, if that was the case, that dude got choked out for five minutes up in the air, and he no sold it like a champ. <clears throat> oh, completely. <laughs> yeah. Completely. So Braun, which I did see a a meme on this that made me laugh later, but Colin basically sent a brand new car, which I don't know what the heck it was. It wasn't a Ferrari, I don't think, but I'm not a car guy. It looked like something they got from the junkyard and just (laughs) spruced up enough to be on television. Well, it was supposed to be some expensive car, which also made me giggle, like, Yep, that's that Saturday Night Live big bucks they make. So, Braun then just tears this car up. I mean, destroys it. And the meme that I seen out of that that was funny was it was uh, Street Fighter. It was E-Honda, but they put Braun's face on him on the (laughs) tearing up the car thing. So, that was kind of funny. So, he destroys the car, and now he's like, I'm going to find him at WrestleMania and beat him up. Really, that's what we're going to do with Braun right now is you're going to take a face and have him attack the Saturday Night Live guys at WrestleMania because you got nothing better for him to do? Well, I guess you could say Colin's kind of playing the heel in this entire scenario. What if it leads to Braun hosting Saturday Night Live, though, like the week before WrestleMania? <sighs> that would be funny. I think he'd be hilarious. So I, I can see there being good coming out of it, but... At this point, because like I tell, I come back, like I said earlier, I feel like a lot of this is lazy writing. Like they're this close to WrestleMania and they're like, "Crap, we forgot to set a bunch of matches. What are we gonna do?" Well, we could yeah, do this the build match. Up. Yeah, there's no build up this this WrestleMania. So, but ah. again, this WrestleMania this year, it's in New York. Well, New Jersey, but that's right another thing. They're they're really pushing how much it's New York, but it's New Jersey. So. And you know, people from New Jersey just love that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're fuming. Well, after the Braun segment, Triple H and Batista come out and they basically do their, you know, my junk's bigger than yours speech and they just go back and forth. And then Batista slobbered a little bit. Slobbered a little bit. He reminded me of, did you ever see Bench Warmers? Yeah. yeah, that's a good movie. That 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 little kid that has that spitting problem. <laughs> that reminded me of, of Batista, because as he's talking, it's just, just spit is flying everywhere. Give me what I want! Give me what I want! Okay, <sighs> WrestleMania, no holds barred. Oh, didn't see that one coming. Thanks, Hunter. Now you're going to beat way, him down. Batista looks like he's slimmed down a little bit. Well, yeah, he's, might... he's in the movies now. He doesn't need to be that, you know. Well, it could have just been the jacket he was wearing as well, but. Well, you know, he's not juicing now because if you actually are a, a celebrity, you know, they, they do more extensive drug testing for an actual Marvel movie. You know, Disney's going to drug test the hell out of him. Let's see what else we got it could here. Be, it could be an interesting match, though. 
Ooh, ooh, this is something that I heard someone uh, um, speculate that I think that, that I would really like to see for WrestleMania. Kurt Angle comes out and announces that his farewell match is going to be at WrestleMania. So he's going to do one final match. And he had a match that was a squash match with Apollo Crews, which, you know what? It was still bittersweet. That was that was nice. I, I enjoyed that match. But who would you put as his farewell match? And there's one person in my mind that would be the ultimate farewell match for Kurt Angle. But I want to know what you think. Well, you're probably going to say John Cena. Yes. Um, he, actually, John Cena would be mine as well. If they hadn't done John Cena and if they hadn't built up Randy Orton versus AJ, it would have been Orton just because of the legend killer angle. Um, but yeah, John Cena would be mine too. I think he's the only person that makes sense. Um, that you know, he so gave he, John Cena that that beginning match that that first that that chance that during that whole ruthless aggression era i i think that's the only thing that makes sense i agree watch it be someone like nia Jax. Uh, <laughs> don't even say that no it'll be gender mahal <clears throat> oh no don't say that i think i'd rather naya <laughs> well they've been doing a lot of promoting in india lately even though the dude I think is Canadian, but still they've been doing a lot of promoting in India lately. So I could see them very easily throwing Jinder Mahal in a, in a WrestleMania match to get those views. And he is Canadian. Very Canadian. <laughs> uh, um, after that squash match, Roman Reigns came out against Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre interferes assaults Roman, beats him up before the match. Uh, the match doesn't even start, and he just whoops up on Roman. So as he's backstage, Dean is fuming. Oh, my gosh, I want a match with McIntyre, and Triple H is like, brah, go ahead. So he goes out, and Dean actually has a really entertaining match with Drew McIntyre out in the crowd. They're fighting everywhere. Um Oh, it was great. And he lost. So I'm like, whoa, that was, I was not expecting that. I was expecting Dean to save the day and he's going to win the match and he's going to stay longer and be in the shield. No, he got beat. Well, what I think they're building to, I think they're going to have Seth walk out champ. Uh And I think Arrow's be his first big feud after the fact. Because his whole thing now is wanting to end the shield. So, uh, and they're building him up to be kind of a monster. So, <clears throat> I, I like what they're doing with a uh, Drew McIntyre right now. That's, and I, that's possible. And if and if Dean's on his way out, I have no mm-hmm. issue with him putting people over. So, well, Drew McIntyre is a beast. That dude is a beast, and that's that's no joke. And I and I want them to keep doing stuff with him Lashley even man I'm telling you what they have they have some killer beasts right now to where if they play their cards right I mean they could just be I mean mowing over people on Smackdown and Raw so McIntyre I actually enjoy what he's doing and I and I enjoy his wrestling his promos um 
I think he's going to be around for a while. So I, I hope uh, they do more with him. I agree. Well, moving on into SmackDown. Shane starts the night off with cutting a promo that goes something like this. Blah, blah, blah. I'm Shane McMahon. Blah, blah, blah. I'm tired of the Miz. Blah, blah, blah. I beat him in front of his dad. Ha, ha, ha. Blah, blah, blah. The writers say that we need to have a match at WrestleMania. So oh, he also said he's an employee. He's tired of employees taking advantage of him. Yeah. Or something along those lines. Yeah, whatever. That was that that was one of those movies or, or movies moments to where I'm like, Ah, so we're doing this now. Like <laughs> that's just lazy writing. I hate to I hate to quote Deadpool a lot, but but he uh definitely has a place here in WWE right now. That's just lazy writing. So Whatever, Miz versus Shane at at WrestleMania. I could give two craps less of who wins that one, honestly. And the, and the sad part is, I have grown to really like and appreciate the Miz. I don't care if Shane wins or loses. I really don't. And as much as I would like to see the Miz win, I don't care if he does or not. So, well, Shane just needs to remember that the Miz comes to play. So, right. <laughs> I laughed at my own joke. Uh, <laughs> well, after that, they had an eight-man tag uh, with Black and Ricochet and the Hardy Boys versus The Bar, Shinsuke, and Rusev. That was actually a good match. <laughs> what? What? What did you? It, was there any moments that stood out to you on that? Did you? Did you like it? Um, other than the fact that I'm still happy that. Matt is back to being Matt Hardy and not the whole broken, yes, you know, what? be Matt Hardy. I, I like seeing the Hardys as the Hardys, you know what I mean? Held together by duct tape and hope right now. Uh, no, I mean, they're four good workers and four good workers work well together. There's not much of a storyline behind it so far. Um, kind of. The teaming of the Hardy Boys and Black and Ricochet might be one of the oddest tag teams of all time, but you know, though I would never have thought of it, and 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 I, the more I watch it, and I'll keep saying this, the more I see their chemistry together, the more I I laugh and I enjoy it, and it's what I, I think what I like about Aleister Black is they're not selling him as the ultimate dark force of the universe. They're selling him as as basically like a, a a badass, but he's not some just Bray Wyatt Undertaker, you know the the depths of the darkness. And I no, it's it's just like he comes out and he just kicks ass, and then Ricochet is just smiling the whole time, like having time of his life right now. And I just <laughs> like their chemistry together. The funniest thing I saw about Black and Ricochet was a. Uh... In their match with the um, DIY, uh, Black did his little bounce off the ropes, sit down pose. Right. And Ricochet saw it and then just popped down right next to him. And someone said it looked like 
a son imitating his dad. Oh, <laughs> no, no, in. exactly. Because he legit looks over at Black and just does the same thing and smiles. Like, did you see what I did, Dad? Did you see what I did? Yeah. that. But the thing is, Black doesn't look at him like, you're imitating me. He's just like, all right, cool. We're in this together. So the only thing, if I could take one thing away from Aleister Black, and I know it's it's hard to do this because you know damn well this is the writing staff. I hate it when you work in a tagline that is so blatantly obvious that it's you know it's coming. You know, because Ricochet comes out and he's all like, I'm going to have a good time. We're going to beat everybody up. Yay, fun. And Aleister Black's like, Yes, we are going to beat them up, and I'm going to make them hurt. And the last thing that's going to happen is I'm going to make him fade to black. It's kind of like the Undertaker <laughs> thing. It's like, ah, damn it. They had to ruin it with that last thing. Why did they do this my, crap? My hope is after they break him up, I hope neither turns heel, which I, I don't know that Ricochet would even work as a heel to begin with. Um, But just moving to different brands. You know, instead of turning one heel and having them viewed. Well, I'll tell you what. If they're going to break them up, I think they should break them up organically by having one go to one brand and go one go to the other. Don't even break them up like they got a feud. Because maybe down the road, you'll want to put them back together again. Yeah. I'm, and then you could build off the history they had before. Exactly. Put one in SmackDown, one in Raw, if they break them up. And, and I'll be completely cool with that. Well, after that tag match, it was disqualified. Well, during it, it got disqualified because New Day runs in, and they they just wreak all kinds of hell. The New Day is getting all pissed off about what they're doing with Kofi and how they're being treated. So now the New Day is on a warpath, and honestly, I like to see aggressive, angry New Day. They feel less of a joke that way. I was going to say the same thing. I like reality new day that are like, stop holding us back. You know? Yeah. That cause the whole title run they had, there was many times that they deserved it. But at the same time, I hate it when you know they're holding on to the titles just because they're trying to break the record. So it's like they kept holding the title, holding the title, holding the title, holding the title, broke the record. Okay. Now we can stop. I, I'm just, I like New Day seeing them like this, and I started out not liking New Day in the beginning. Now, I think they're probably, honestly, they're probably the most important group they have right now in wrestling. As far as stable or a little group together, you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> well, after that match, let's see here. The and, and I put down it was a good match. I really enjoyed it. Um, Let's see here. Randy and Styles cut a promo. Oh, that was a good one. I remember that. That was funny. Randy Orton comes out talking smack about Styles. Styles talking smack about Randy. Randy's basically saying, you know, this isn't the house that AJ Styles built. I built it all, you know. And then AJ Styles looks at him and is like, pretty impressive that you're saying that I didn't build the house when you use a knockoff diamond cutter. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> That was that was a deep cut there. You know who innovated the diamond cutter? It wasn't DDP. No, no. Uh, I can't remember because uh, it was some dude over in England, I think. 
Uh, it was Johnny Ace. Yes, Johnny Ace, yeah. because uh, it was, um, was it, I'm trying to remember who it was, because I don't know if it was Jake the Snake, or uh, it might have been Hayes, because when DDP was trying to come up with this move, they recommended Johnny Ace to see what he was doing, because he wanted to do a DDT, but he didn't want to take away from Jake the Snake. So, yes, he, he'll, he'll openly admit that he grab that move a variation of it from johnny ace i will say this though that uh randy orton's version where it just seems like it just comes out of absolutely nowhere that that is a nice little spin about it plus he tends to hit it off people doing like high flying moves and shit that's what i'll give randy orton there the fact that he'll pop that move out of nowhere i love it i have personally had the diamond cutter done to me that move is not a joke. It is not funny, and it will jack you up. And when I was hit with that diamond cutter, it was one of the worst feelings I've ever had in my life. It got me good. So, yeah, that's a that's a really good move. And and to to say Randy's got a knockoff diamond cutter, man, that was hilarious. <laughs> and and that's a match that I actually, <clears throat> on one hand, I don't care who wins that match. On the other hand, I actually look forward to watching that match at WrestleMania. The thing about Randy Orton is, though, you can tell Randy that cares is awesome. Yes. Randy that doesn't care is, holy shit, get him off my TV. Yeah. You know? Well, but it's it's not that. Even a, even a non-caring Randy Orton is still really good, so I shouldn't say that. But, you know, matches he cares about, he's literally one of the best workers in the world. Um. As you far ever, as a story, see that home video of him doing uh, RKOs to his kids at the pool. Uh uh-uh. uh Yeah, he is <laughs> a video, like a home video of him playing with his kids in his backyard in the pool, and he was RKOing them into the pool. Oh, I might have to check that out sometime. I wish he was my dad. RKO oh. <laughs> me, dad. RKO me. <clears throat> I'm sure your dad would love to hear that. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, my my dad my dad could not knock Randy Orton out, man. That dude, he he's got a punch that would knock out a horse. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I I to this day, I will not cross that man. Uh, Moving along oh to Diamond Cutter. Oh, Oscar had a match with Sonya Deville, which was a total squash, yawn, boring. Beat Sonya Deville with a. Simple move, like a simple submission move, and it was just boring. And then, of course, as she's walking out, they're playing that whole Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville disgruntled with each other kind of deal. Whatever, don't don't. I don't really want. I don't want them to break up. I really don't. That's the thing. I don't think those two need to break up. I think those two need to stick together right now and. They're getting ready to just cut them apart, and I think it's a mistake, but whatever. Well, they just now building the women's tag division. Well, and- they, they, they might need Mandy to move shows just so they can get Corey Graves away from her. <laughs> yeah, I've actually mentioned that before. There's <laughs> Jerry the King Lawler commentary, but even Jerry never seemed as creepy as the way Corey talks about Mandy. Okay, the difference is when the King did his commentary, he was like prepubescent, horny, 14-year-old kid. 
So he, he'd be like, boobies, boobies, I see boobies, puppies, did you see those puppies? And it's like, okay, I get it, It's you, you like cleavage. But when you see Corey Graves like, oh my god, she is God's gift to women, and oh, she is in our presence, and it's, it's like, oh dude, this is, especially since everybody knows his uh, affairs and whatnot, it's yeah. really... <sighs> <laughs> I know if I was going to have potential uh, court drama down the road and have to sit in court, um, I wouldn't want any part of that because they got more than enough video evidence that, oh, it's just a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a show. I will say this, though. Corey's been kind of toned down ever since that stuff with Carmella broke. He hasn't been as uh, enthused on the right television broadcast, I should say it's, it's still, it, it's still though. It gives you a creep vibe and it's just something you really can't get past. Well, after, after the Oscar match, Becky Lynch comes out, throws her crutch down and she's like all healed magically. Now slightly wimping. She's got a limp and she's got to sell it till WrestleMania, you know, and then Charlotte comes out and blah, blah, I'm the best. No, I'm the best. No, I'm the best. No, I'm the best. Let's point at the WrestleMania sign. Mic drop. The end. Okay. I I could have done without that segment completely. And again, they're going for the Raw Women's title. Why are they still on SmackDown? SmackDown has a women's champion. You had her squash someone and then not do anything else. Why are Becky and Charlotte there? Sorry. Um, well, no, I, I, I agree. I agree completely. Now, I will say something, though, a match that I did enjoy very much to an extent. Rey Mysterio and R-Truth versus Samoa Joe and Andrade. Okay, so Rey Mysterio ends up winning that match by pinning Samoa Joe, and Samoa Joe was furious. But what I want to know is, so is this going to be the thing now? Is it going to be every week, every match, WrestleMania, next pay-per-view? Is that all we're going to do with this title right now is put the same four damn people and have them fight every time? Oh, probably. Three more weeks at least. I'm telling you, I... they need to they need to knock this off. And Samoa Joe needs to just be a monster. I think he should come out. You know what I think would be cool for Samoa Joe to do? It won't happen in a million years, but I think it would really help make him uh, get him over more is Samoa Joe should come out and do the open challenge, right? And just he, he should, you know, get the title. And by the end of the night, he comes back out and say, you know what? I'm not satisfied. I want to do it again. And then have another person come out and challenge him. So two nights in a row, he defends the belt. Or, or two matches in, a, in one night. That'd be cool. I could see that. Or just if he does an open challenge, just have him beat whoever answers the challenge down. Make it be a squash. You know? <laughs> okay. Huh. Let's see. Who would be a really satisfying person to squash right now? Oh, I got an idea. Let's bring up Mike Canellis. <laughs> oh, Mike Canellis. Oh, I know. Oh, oh, 
and I looked it up. That Carino guy that he uh, wrestled. Uh huh. That actually is Steve Carino's boy. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, Why I cared enough to look that up, I don't know, but I did. I'm going to take a quick second, and I'm going to mention this. I don't know if you've seen any. Um, this is my non-product placement ad. Um, I don't know if you've been seeing anything about this on Facebook, but I've done keto for a while, and I I'm not going to go into the, the specifics of it right now because I'm not trying to sell you all on keto. If you want to learn about keto, go learn about keto. If you need any other information, message me. But something I want to point out is, have you been seeing in these energy drinks, these new ones called Bang? Uh-uh. It's like a new energy drink. Um, some of them have uh, creatine in them. Some of them have uh, coffee in them. But they are zero carb. So that's something Garbage. that's really different. Um, like right now, I'm looking at the nutritional facts. For one full can of this, there is zero carbs and zero sugars. They are using different um, sweeteners, but dang, this stuff is good. I like it. And I just wanted to say if you like super sugary drinks or su super sugary tasting drinks and you like energy drinks that don't come with all the carbs and sugar these bang drinks are pretty good i'm drinking one right now called cotton candy and it legit tastes like i'm drinking a cold soda of cotton candy so try about the only bang cola or bang soda or bang energy drink whatever the hell these things are about the only time i drink energy drinks is when i go to blues games and they do monster free or sugar free monster i drink that instead of soda but i i just i used to drink nos before i played softball but by uh -huh. the second inning, I curled up in the fetal position on the bench because I crashed so hard. <laughs> I understand yeah. that. And I generally don't drink energy drinks at all. But when you're doing keto and all you're drinking is coffee and water and maybe tea without any kind of sugar, you want something else. And I stay the hell away from soda, and this bang drink is actually pretty good. So anyways, I digress. Um, the... I mentioned that that uh, match. Um, Rey Mysterio ended up pinning Samoa Joe. He loses his cool. Um, he's obviously going to beat the hell out of Rey Mysterio coming up soon. So whenever that happens, but it was a overall, it was a very entertaining match. But man, you got some good quality workers right there. I mean, come on now, Rey Mysterio. You really can't say any more about him than that because he he just that's impressive about anything he does. I really like Andrade. Um, R-Truth, perfect. He, he's like a... <laughs> for as old as he is, it's going to sound weird, but I think R-Truth is like a healthy gold dust that's energetic. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Happy birthday, Samoa Joe. He turned 40 today. I did see that. Um, most wrestlers are done, like, in their late late 20s early 30s or you know they're they're thinking about retiring um Samoa Joe 40 years old today if I had the happy birthday song I would play it right now so I need to actually uh get that song on my soundboard so we can have that for future references but the yes. old wrestler makes me feel bad about myself is Finn Balor because he's turns 38 this year 
He's like a stack of pure muscle. Uh, that dude is at like negative point, like point negative oh oh three body fat percentage. That dude, you can see the muscle fibers in his shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> and then you look in the mirror and you're just yeah. It's like yeah, I'm just gonna staple his picture on my stomach, and yeah, that'll that'll look better. I'll have his abs. I mean, I know why. I like Hershey's bars and don't sleep and. Oh yeah, I've I've visited the gym I'm a member of twice in the last two years, but they're still getting my monthly donation. So good, good. Helping keep the doors open. Well, following that match, Kevin Owens and Mustafa Ali versus Daniel Bryan and Rowan. Clean match. Um, really, not much stood out to me on that one, other than Bryan and Rowan won that match. But I, I love Rowan's, like, his face palm choke slam. I don't know what it is about that move, but it just, I I don't know if it's the fact that growing up, you can only see so many choke slams before you, you kind of, like, I, I think I know what it is. When you do a choke slam, you generally see them grab a hold of their throat, like they're going to choke them and slam them. But then they take their other hand and they, like, hold the, the lower part of their back. Like they're holding a child. Yeah. Well, so, they don't want to go all uh, McGroomer on them and rip their throat out. So. Right, right. So it's like, I'm going to slam you softly. Well, this face palm slam, when he grabs a hold of their face and slams them down, he ain't supporting shit. He just slams them. So I, I enjoy you'd react. Say what? I thought you'd react better to the McGroomer reference. Not one you hear very often. Well, I'm, I'm not the biggest MacGruber fan. MacGruber. <laughs> so that was a clean match. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Rowan wins that match. Vince McMahon comes out and cuts a promo. And this is my problem with Vince McMahon right now. The crap he is cutting promos on makes no sense. Like he is a old man that has no idea what the hell is happening for him to have so much disgust for Kofi Kingston and dislike for him, but then to like want to promote Kevin Owens as his guy, though months before Owens was hitting him with a stunner or, you know, knocking old Vince out himself. And they just brush all that under the rug like that never even happened. Well, the part of the storyline that's troublesome is uh, WWE has never had a black WWE champion. You know, the closest they got Rock. Well, um, I, I actually I mean, I've been seeing that in a lot of uh, I mean I joined a lot of wrestling groups recently and I'm just getting other people's opinions and I'm finding out really quick that. And folks, I'm going to tell you straight straight up right now. I'm a wrestling fan. I'm not a wrestling historian. I don't know everything there is about wrestling, nor am I acting like I do know. But I just know what I enjoy seeing, and I share as much as I can with you guys. And I'm going to be wrong. More often than none, I will be wrong, and I'll admit that, and that's fine. That's why everybody's entitled to their own opinion. I don't care if you like something or not. That That's all on you, and that's great. And... and just as right now, Tex has got the guys he likes. I may not like them. Doesn't matter. That's his opinion, and that's cool. So I don't have the knowledge that 
some of these guys have, but I'm also not going to let that deter me from what we're doing. And I'm not going to sit here and really fester about the fine details. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'll correct myself. Well, today I was in a group, and I'm like, um, <clears throat> hello, Ron Simmons. And, of course, they're all like, hello, dumbass, WCW. And I'm like, oh. So there's a lot of people that I've thought of that's were the first black champion, but it's not the WWE. Strap. Yeah, it's not WWE, or it wasn't the main belt. Well, Mark Henry won the World Heavyweight Championship, right. but still, that wasn't the main pushed Exactly. WWE. That was... That was the world heavyweight. Even though that was w- WCW's big belt that they brought over, they still brushed that off like, eh, that wasn't a big deal. And then The Rock. Oh my gosh, I grew up. The Rock has been black my whole life. But now it's like, no, 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 no. He's Samoan. Okay. Well, I, I hate to be that guy that really wants to argue over semantics, but uh, last time I checked when Kofi arrived, he was full-blown Jamaican and that kind of got swept under the rug like it never happened. You don't see Kofi out there now going, oh, how you doing, man? I'm here to wrestle. No, no, that 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 went bye-bye. So, Well, he wasn't... I don't know why they threw the Jamaican stuff on him to begin with, considering he speaks perfect English. Exactly. And, and he's from Ghana. Um... I, I believe Ghana. Don't quote me on that. Uh, and not to say that people from Jamaica don't speak perfect English. They do just with a Jamaican accent. Um, now, I will say this. Do they need the first African-American? Whatever you want to say. Do, do they need the first African-American wrestler to have the big strap? Well, I yeah, I mean, I'm down completely down with that, but I don't want it to be at the expense of this country gets so wound up in getting the first this, the first that, the first this that they totally don't even worry about the quality as much as they're worried about the first. It's like an American Idol society. Oh, we just want the first woman president. We just want the first this. We want the. I'm down with a woman president. I don't care. Let let the women run the world. I really don't care. But don't sacrifice the quality of the product just for the purpose. So as far as Kofi goes, hands down, Kofi deserves a title shot. Kofi deserves to have that strap around his waist for all that he's done for that company. He deserves it. The fact that he's black should have nothing to do with it, period. Well, actually, that wasn't even where I was going with that. I, I was know, but I've, say, been, I've been seeing a lot of that lately on on social media. There's been a lot of talk on that lately, so I just wanted to put out my opinion on that. I gotcha. Where I was getting at is WWE has never had a black champion, so building the storyline around <laughs> a 70-year-old white guy, um, businessman, not wanting <laughs> the black guy to be champion – might not be the best way to build the story. That's where I was going. Uh, yeah, I actually see that point of view. Um, 
Um, but there's, I feel like Vince's character, though, the, the whole Vince McMahon character, I'm not talking about the businessman, I'm talking the character, seems, as of late, seems pretty out of touch, if you ask me. Well, <laughs> you can say a lot about Vince McMahon, and there's rumors about the guy as far as the eye can see, um, and they're not hard to find, just... I, I think we're starting to see Triple H and Steph have more input right. on the new product. And uh, people talk about Triple H all day and how he was booked when he was the the guy. Um, uh, but I don't think he translates. Triple H seems like a guy that knows how to build character and how to build storylines and how to build feuds. Yes. Hands down and listen, with that statement. And listens to what the fans want. You see it in NXT. I Vince might have more to do with NXT than I know. I honestly don't know what his input is on that part of the product. Um, I don't know if he signs off on title changes, on storylines, right. or any of that. I honestly don't know. Um, but you can see like when new guys come up and they get over um, – and they take pictures with Triple H in the back. He is just beaming like a proud father. Well, well, that you know? and you, you not only the pictures, but you look at the handshakes and the whole like. It's almost like we did it together. Awesome. Yeah. It, it, it's it is like a proud father. It, it's you can tell that these wrestlers from NXT that interact with Triple H. It's not just Triple H. It's not just. I mean, it's it's almost at. You know what? <clears throat> it's almost the same way somebody looked at Stan Lee. Because with NXT, he he ultimately created that monster. It was, what, CFW, I think? Something like that. And it just didn't have the, like... Well, they had Florida Championship Wrestling, yeah. Or, or FCW, that's what it was. FCW. But it just didn't have the heat and... They didn't have that many fans, and when they were transitioning over to NXT, they they were having problems filling the arena. So what they were doing was they were putting together dark matches just to put butts in the seats. They would they would have uh, John Cena come out, and the people would stay around because heck yeah, I get to see John Cena. So they had a hard time for a long time trying to get that NXT over, and I just find it interesting that Triple H pretty much takes the reins and it explodes and it's him. It's legitimate. Him. It's him. It's there's a, like, I agree with you. I don't know the extent of what Vince signs off on, but as far as storyline, character development, stuff like that, triple H is amazing at that. And, and he, they owe a lot to triple H. They really do. Um, yeah, NXT back when they were starting, they would have well, CM Punk came down there and wrestled Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he even teamed with Seth Rollins once, and and they used to have that more often, and uh, it was good. It was a good way to build the product. One of the best matches I ever saw in NXT was a uh, <clears throat> Cesaro versus a uh, um, Sami Zayn, and this is after Cesaro had already been on the main roster for quite some time. There's starting to be rumors that Sami Zayn may be making an appearance at WrestleMania as well. 
I hope he comes back as a face. Oh, God, yes, please. Let him be a face. That, that whole... he. Some people... Him... Him being a heel is as believable as Rousey being a heel. I mean, honestly. Well, I think it makes more sense for Rousey, to be it, honest it, with it, you. No, it makes more sense for Rousey, but whenever she goes from smiling to the crowd to the fans to turn around and be like, no, I hate everybody. Yeah, sure you do, Rhonda. I believe you. Well, after, well if after, they, Oh, go ahead. The problem with her heel turn is, and I, I we said this again earlier, it's built too much on the wrestling isn't even real stuff. And I just don't know why that's the direction they take. Um, yeah, like like uh, they're like they're going to be upset with her that she's re- revealing secrets. Now, if you'd have done this storyline twenty years ago, it it would have like shook the whole foundation. You're doing it right now, and it's like, eh, we know it's a show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so. speaking of something that's real life, which I know you've seen the news on Becky Lynch. Did you see what happened with her and that fan? No, I actually I hadn't. She was at an autograph signing, and there was a fan who was coming up, and, and I don't know if it was a staircase or if it was just like a a few set of stairs that had like a railing, but there was a fan that was coming up that had a seizure. And Becky Lynch oh. jumped the table and ran up and pretty much held this woman for like five minutes until she stopped shaking and took pictures with her and signed autographs, but that's that's real life like hero shit. I mean, yeah, I mean, she didn't stop the seizure, but she didn't have to do that. No, but it shows people can be good. Good for Becky. She's a a legit real deal, and I don't think that was a PR stunt. I think that was a complete, genuine, she genuinely appreciates her fans, and I've said for years I felt she was the female Dolph Ziggler. Like, she's getting all these match opportunities, but they were just – blown her off like she just didn't exist and I am so glad to see what she has become at this point. But I just wanted to throw well, I, that little bit out there. I like stories of people doing good whether they're famous or not. We don't have that enough in today today's society. Oh, I agree completely. I'm I'm all about positivity. I mean, as much as I this show is a critique of things, I want to see WWE succeed. I want, ugh, hold on, I need to take a drink of my bang uh, energy drink before I say these words. <laughs> hold on. You're getting, you're getting a lot of free publicity uh, here, bang. Keep that in uh, mind. Anyways, I want to see even Charlotte Flair succeed. I want to see Samoa Joe succeed. <laughs> I want the best entertainment for the fans. This whole podcast, problem? I want it to be entertaining. I want it to be knowledge. Even if you listen to the whole thing, you listen to parts of it, um, whatever. I just want it to be entertaining and enjoyable and just to be just kind of this long just opinion piece. And I think you could go i've been in, i joined a lot of wrestling groups and all you see is negativity 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 and hate and hate and hate you know hating the product ain't going to make it any better so i think the What's world needs more happiness i never got that why don't you like samoa joe <clears throat> um my my beef with samoa joe was always the beef of 
the fact that from day one he shows up, he doesn't get good bookings, he doesn't get good matches, and then it's pretty much implied, oh, this guy's a machine, he's a badass, he's going to tear, tear everyone apart. And, and it was almost like I felt like he was almost in a Reigns way forced upon me. Like I didn't get a chance to know Samoa Joe. It's just, oh, he's here now. Uh, okay. Well, that makes sense, I guess. But it's nothing to do with in-ring work or anything. Oh, absolutely no. not. Absolutely not. Because I'm going to tell you something right now. That man, for his size, holy crap. The, the moves that he does is ridiculous. And I would not in a million years want to be hit in any aspect by Samoa Joe. His chops, his any of his just like, I don't care if it's just a simple like splash. Stuff he does, it hurts. So the dude is a savage, period. I will give him that. Well, to to finish up SmackDown, after uh, Vince cuts this promo, uh, New Day interrupts him, and they're basically saying, which, by the way, this annoys me, because Kofi stands by like a crying child and just stares at Vince like why are you doing then, this why are you doing this Vince while Big E and Xavier is all like screw you we run this place we were here we've paid our dues we do all this for you Vince Vince you're gonna do what we say and Kofi's just like please please Vince please I don't like they, they make him look weak to me and to me I've been at jobs before to where I was in charge of hiring and never once in my life have I ever hired an individual that their mom came in and wanted me to hire their son. So hmm. why are they going to, why is Vince going to go, oh, crap, New Day, I didn't see it from your perspective. Since you guys think Kofi's so bad, maybe I should give him a shot. Well, Vince ended up saying next week, Kofi now has a gauntlet match between Randy Orton, Samoa Joe, The Bar, Daniel Bryan, and Rowan. And if he wins it, he gets to go to WrestleMania. <clears throat> I would be super impressed with that if it wasn't for the fact that A, he pretty much just did a gauntlet at the Elimination Chamber, and B, they just did an el- or uh, a gauntlet match with, um, oh, Heavy Machinery. So it's kind of a kind of like I make fun of WrestleMania going doing all triple threat stuff. The gauntlet match I feel is kind of played out right now, and obviously he's going to win. So what do you think? Well, there's kind of a difference between the gauntlet match Heavy Machinery did and the guys that Kofi will be going against. I mean, some legit Hall of Famers right there. Oh no, no, no doubt about that. I'm not knocking that, but I'm just saying I feel like it's. I don't think lately it's been done. I honestly don't think he'll win that gauntlet match. And I could be wrong. I think because uh, they ha- they still have to build the storyline out some. Well, I think- they could I- do this. that He could lose the match. And at WrestleMania, he causes Daniel Bryan to lose the match. Whereas Kevin Owens gets the title. And then he ends up running against Kevin Owens trying to get a title shot. Well, I think they're going to keep Kevin Owens' face for a while. So I don't know that they'll do it like that. I... I think Kofi's promo was actually really good. He, uh, you know, he went through 
all the sacrifices he's made over the years, um, the birthdays, the parties, the anniversaries, all that he's missed that every wrestler goes through. Like someone said, no one in a good stable parlor life wants to be a pro wrestler (laughs) (laughs) with all the sacrifices you do have to make. And there are a lot of jobs that require that, but many don't require you to be on the road 300 days of the year, you know? Um, true. And I, I, I thought that was very heartfelt and very real. That's, what, that's why I called them Reality New Day earlier. Um, oh, there's no, some power. I, I definitely felt like the words they were saying was real. I did feel that. I'm just stating in the history of never has it worked getting your way by fighting someone else's battle and, and whining that he didn't get his shot because it's not fair. You know what I mean? Like, but then again, look at it like this. Instead of having someone fight your battles, think of it like uh, they're lobbying for them, you know? That's true, but I wanted I wanted Kofi to lobby with him. But he has. He's Look, his performances are his lobby, what he's done in the ring. It gets to the point, like, what else can I do, you know? Well, yeah, what, uh, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. What more do you want me to do to show I – and the fans are behind him, you know. There, there were Kofi Mania chants. Oh, yeah. During that very awesome triple threat match between Owens, uh, Ollie, and Brian, you know. You, that was a great match with three great performers, and they're still chanting for Kofi. Right. Um, and been, you can't, you can't ignore that. You can try to ignore it, but you can't. And you got to remember, this is exactly how Brian, Daniel Bryan, broke into the main event. Uh, five years ago now, um, he wasn't supposed to be in the title match at WrestleMania. Would that have been 31? Right. 30, 30. Um, and he forced his way there with, it was so organic, you know, people loved. So it's actually nice to see that, uh, that dichotomy, you know, now he is part of the one part of the people holding someone down, you know? Um, it's good storytelling. It is. Um, well, I'm, I'm before I have a finishing statement, I got to throw in two Oh five live, which, um, I'm ending with two Oh five live this week because there was legit two matches that can be summed up in about two seconds. So two matches and this is how it went. Cedric won. Tony Nese won the end. That's nothing special about those matches. The whole 205 live this week was just so boring. And like I said, that commentary, and maybe it's the commentary that's doing it for me. And I was hoping to see Oni Lorcan pull off that win and not see Cedric win again, but whatever. It was a very good I guess it. I, I the, the moves, ending happened. The, the moves aren't bad. It just nothing really happened. That like when you looked at the week before, where um, Oni Lorcan had that match with the Humberto, and like those chops that just that was noticeable. You were just like, oh my gosh, his chest is bleeding. He's a savage. And then you see Cedric and Oni fight, and it's just 
back and forth. The only thing forth. I didn't like, the only thing I didn't like about it was the lumbar check out of nowhere to win, because he could barely stand at that point, and he pulls out the lumbar check. Yeah. Eh. But, but besides I, that, I, I felt almost like it was lazy Lord, writing. Only Lorcan's just an amazing worker all around. Um, uh, <laughs> you know me; I'm a big Only Lorcan mark. Um, and, and and for for the record, Cedric Alexander, like Cedric, Cedric Alexander is, is a beast in his own. So I'm not smack talking to, him. He needs to move up to the main roster. He doesn't need to be on 205 Live. I think. Um, he could be in the mid card feud. He could be feuding with Samoa Joe right now, and it would be believable. I think. I just, um, I just don't want to see Cedric get lost in the mix of things, and that, and that, unfortunately. I think a, a big problem, I'm going to be honest, a big problem that 205 Live and NXT both has is that that classic, have you ever been so good at your job that you can't do anything else because they don't want to lose you? Well, that's kind of Cedric Alexander. He is so good at 205 Live, they don't need to lose him right now. They don't want to. And if you put him anywhere else, he'll just get he'll go the way of Tyler Breeze and you'll be like, "Damn it, he was good." For the record, I have never had that problem, sadly. Well, I've, I've been in never- many jobs to where I was not able to get a promotion because, well, no one can do the job as good as you, so you can just keep it. All expendable techs. <laughs> um the thing I wanted to end on is I was in a group today, which once I get the website up and going and I'm going to collaborate with some of these Facebook groups I'm in because I don't want them to feel like I'm stealing material, but I've been seeing some good questions posed and I would love to have some open discussions about some of these. Um, but I saw a question today that I really enjoyed that I'm just curious what you thought about it because I was seeing people complain about WrestleMania and someone made the statement, well, none of the new talent stepped up, so what do you expect? And I'm kind of like, my opinion on it is like, okay, the new talent isn't stepping it up. They're getting crap storylines. They're getting crap situations. Um, I don't think it's the new talent's fault, but there was a lot of people that was disagreeing, saying that well, you had Daniel Bryan once upon a time that was new talent and he stepped it up. And that it took him five years, but and that right. wasn't his fault either. Right. But do you feel, what, what I was getting at is do you feel like the current talent that they have um whether it's NXT UK, 205 Live, or just NXT, or just even Raw or SmackDown, do you feel like the younger talent is not stepping it up? And if so, do you think it's because they're just not where they need to be yet, or do you think it's because of the writing? Well, a thing to remember here is a lot of this young talent people are talking about are people who have wrestled outside of WWE. I mean... They've wrestled for New Japan or TNA or uh, uh, Ring of Honor or um, the British promotions, whatever you want to say. So they know what to do as far as building storylines and uh, 
putting together matches and how to get over with the crowd. So you can't really blame them for that. Um, at the end of the day, Vince pushes who he wants to push. You know? Um, well, somebody, you made hear- a, somebody made the comment like, well, Jinder Mahal did it. I'm like, whatever. Jinder Mahal was pretty much blacklisted and he didn't ain't give a damn about him but once he started juicing and he got all like freakishly huge then Vince is like oh that's what I like and then Jinder Mahal suddenly became you know a champion well that and they expanded into Italy or uh, India right sorry so yeah don't don't give me that whole Jinder Mahal crap because Jinder Mahal and, and though I'm not a Jinder Mahal fan once again I'm not discounting the fact that the dude is is an athlete so i just think uh, saying that that he really stepped it up it's like no he juiced it up well even as champion he i'm gonna be as completely democratic here as i possibly can jinder mahal is not very good in the ring he doesn't cut very good promos no his entire run as champion consisted of his opponent carrying the match, the Singh brothers getting a distraction, and and him delivering that Cobra Clutch slam thing he does. Um, and the whole Singh brothers thing, I'm just so like it just it is so it's such a boring gimmick. I'm I'm. Well, they should be on 205 Live as a tag team. With 205 tag team championships. Um, not saying they should be champions, but no, they just need to be jobbers. Is that what they need to do is their job, their sole job should be as a tag team getting people over. And that's well, that's what Jinder was before he won the title. I mean, like a week before he got thrusted to the top of the card, he was losing on main event, you know, right. And that's why I'm saying Democratic, because these guys are all a lot better athletes than I'll ever be. And they're all better in the ring than I could ever be if I ever wanted to be a wrestler, you know, with my, my oh. fear of heights. And Absolutely. And, and I'm not trying to ever take away their athletic ability, because I will argue until I'm blue, blue in my face to anybody. They will talk. I've had people argue with me about, like, oh, UFC, that's the real thing. Yeah, one fight every six months. These guys are wrestling, you know, how many times a month? They're traveling how far? And they're putting on a show for how many minutes? I mean, a UFC fight, you could go six months and and have a 10-minute a, a fight, and it's done. You know, they are superior athletes in the WWE, or any wrestling for that matter. Really, they're superior in the fact that they are taking these bumps. And as Diamond Dallas Page says, you cannot fake gravity. <laughs> if you're uh. a 300-pound man getting thrown through a table, you get hit hard. It hits hard. It's You can't fake that. Now, yes, there's it's, it's choreographed. Yes, it's planned. Yes, there's ways you can take a hit without taking a real hit. Yes, I get that. But at the end of the day, you're they're putting their body through stuff that they're never going to fully recover from in their later years. I always go back to what people say about Brock Lesnar. Um, and I know you're not a Brock Lesnar fan. Right. But they say wrestling Brock Lesnar 
you feel like you were in a car wreck the next day because he works so stiff and he tosses you all over the place. Oh, absolutely. But at the same time, he's like one of the safest. You're never going to be actually hurt, you know. But you, you'll if, be he, if he wants you hurt, he will yeah, hurt you. Do. But he's a he'll make you feel like you got taken through the ringer, but you'll never be actual worse for the wear because he's you, like. Did one you of the see safest. that tag he did to Braun Strowman? Uh uh-uh. Braun Strowman. Um, I can't remember what it was. I don't know if it was knees or something. He was doing. He he had a match with Lesnar, and as he is hitting Lesnar, he he hit Lesnar like it pissed off Lesnar. Lesnar legit stood up and just pop right in his head, like just drilled his ass. And I mean, it was, I mean, mid fight, so you kind of don't really pay attention to it. But if you slow it down, oh, he tagged Braun to let him know who was really in charge, like legit. I was like, all right, I ain't playing. Do that again, and you're getting really hurt. No, well, I probably had seen that about it. Right. And Braun's a man himself. Um, his his father is like a uh, championship, uh, like held the record for the uh, most home runs in softball or something like that. Like his father's a beast, too. Do you know who liked playing softball? Who's Psycho that? Sid. Psycho Sid was a big intramural softball guy. I believe that. I think, he, I think he even like skip shows, like would skip dates so he could go play softball. No, that's so. funny. That's funny right there. I don't care who you are. <laughs> well, that's about all I have for this episode. Um, I am going to say this. I'm trying to come up with some uh, other show ideas and whatnot. Um, I got some uh, friends who are uh, wrestlers who are in the independent scene that I'm going to see if they would like to join us one day. I may film a, uh, or I should say record uh, an interview with them. I'm not really sure how we're going to do it. If I'm going to interview them or if I'm going to interview their interview their character, um, I don't mind giving them a plug for their local show. But I'd also like to get their opinion on the current product as well. So I've got some things that I would I like to I, do. So I, I I don't know. Well, I'll look I, I kind of stick to the non kayfabe interviews. I like to hear people from a real standpoint. Me, me too. Me too. Actually, I, I've got a. You know, because I'll tell you what, if you've ever heard any interview that uh, The Undertaker's done as Mark Callows, or, or, or yeah, Cal- Callows, I think. Call- Callaway. Callaway, Callaway, yes. Any, Big Jim. Like, I was, I was, one night I was listening to uh, an interview he did, and I was playing it loud and my wife could hear. And I was like, you hear who that is? And she's like, I have no idea. And I was like, that's The Undertaker. She's like, nuh-uh. He sounds like the most down-to-earth person. You would never know that was him if you didn't see who was talking. So, yeah, I've got some things that I want to try. Um, this is going to be a pretty big week. I'm on vacation, so that gives me more time to not only work on So Over Wrestling, but i got some home renovations to do as well. So I'm going to try to maybe pump out another episode, maybe midweek, to... Um, just, just for some other content so I can fill up the website. And hopefully in the next few days, the website will be done, up and running. And then everybody can start going there for more information, for information on contests, for information on um, news, um, all kinds of stuff. So 
it's in the work, people. If you have taken the time to listen to this, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Do you have anything you would like to say in closing, text? Well, I don't know anyone out there that watches football, uh, real football, association football, what us Americans would call soccer. But there's a guy, he plays for Leicester City. His name is Christian Fuchs. And he recently started an eSports team called No Fuchs Given. So just a shout out to that. I love the creative nature. It made me chuckle because it was the sense of humor of a 12-year-old. All right. Well, cool. I, I dig that completely. All right, everybody. On behalf of So Over Wrestling... This is Luke Barnes and Tex Manhattan. Thank you very much for listening. Yep. And I that's my real name. Our... Oh, real name? That's my real name. Tex Manhattan. <sighs> I, I do got to say this. Before I hit that outro, where are you from, Tex Manhattan? Where am I from? Yeah. Uh, let's go with Park Stone. Parts unknown. I like that. I live, I live next door to Kane and Papa Shango. Excellent. So stay tuned for the next show, and you will hear more from Tex Manhattan, hailing from Parts Unknown. Have a good week, Universe.